so I was like, you know, I have family back home in Alabama. Um, they, uh, they, uh, um, <laughs> sorry, yeah, Gary stopped to get a drink and it's distracting. Because yeah. I think you were drinking mom. So. Um, but, um, uh, but no, so that whole process went on. Um, do I need to stop? No. Okay. <laughs> Jordan drank my Coke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was it already open? Um, you brought me a Coke, didn't you? I did. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jody. And this is the Unremarkable Podcast. We are so thankful that you're joining us uh, this week for our episode because we have our first ever Yes, this is episode 10. We have hit double digits. Double digits, which means that... We can now retire. Nothing. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but, uh, but we're at double digits. And today we get to have our first guest on, our friends uh, from way back in the day uh, in Alabama, Jason and Jordan Brakefield. They are, uh, we'll, in, you know, we'll let them introduce themselves in just a minute, but they are um, in a position in life that is really super cool and I think could be really... Um, super interesting to the folks that happen to listen to our podcast because um, they've just moved into really full time ministry. Yes. Um, in the last uh, little few months, a little bit. Well, yeah. And um, yeah. And so um, uh, we get to kind of ask them some questions about what that transition was like. And so, uh, Jason and Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Hey. Hi. <laughs> hey. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So first of all, Jason, where did you grow up? In a, a big town called Nectar Island. Nectar. Nectar. We have a caution lot and a ball field. That's it. Hey. You have like a big peach on a golf tee, too, kind of thing. Yeah. Don't you? Between the it's like at a fruit stand. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, there's all kinds of stuff. In, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff in Nectar. There's, we the, used to have the there's an old golf course. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He's got, now they're having a sunrise service there in a couple of weeks. Who? I don't know. There's, <laughs> if you, there's three crosses up in the middle of the golf course. So the people of Nectar. Yeah. People. The Nectarines. The are Nectarines are having a... a <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. And, uh, you have a caution light. You have, you have uh, the pumpkin patch. That's true. Yeah, it's more Hayden, though. No, um, come on. No, they're we on are Nectar splitting water. hairs. They are on Nectar they, They're on Nectar splitting water. hairs. They're on Nectar All water. of Hog Mountain is in Nectar. Yeah. They're, they're on Nectar water. Yes, Hog Mountain in there you, Nectar. You do have Hog, Hog Mountain. mountain. <laughs> anyway, Don't forget that. So you're, you're from Nectar. You went to Cleveland High School. I did. Yes. Um, over in, uh, in in Blunt County, yeah. Alabama. And Jordan, uh, tell us about you. Where'd you grow up? I'm from Coleman. Yes. Specifically, Fairview. Yes. yes, it's a little suburb of a Coleman. suburb of Coleman. Yeah. Yes, yes. We Oof. have two caution lots. Oh, they have a Dollar General. Ooh, wow! Yeah. Step it up. Yeah. That's big time. Mm-hmm. And a bank. There's no bank. <laughs> we have three decent restaurants. So you're wow. from so you're from a small town, is what you're telling me. <laughs> okay, not as small as Nectar. Awesome. But. Now let me ask you this question. Um, Jordan, growing up, did you ever think that ministry might be something that was in your future? Um, yes, but not being married to a pastor. Oh, yeah? What'd you think? Like, in high school, like, as I was graduating high school, I felt like I was led to, to work with specifically high school girls, mm-hmm. um, more so than just middle school girls. But um, everybody always told me I would marry a youth pastor. <laughs> But I, know, that. I, I never wanted to get married or have kids, or I was perfectly convinced that and singleness yeah. was a lie for me. 
And yet yeah. you are married with a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm married with yeah. a child. A yeah. precious little child. Yeah. So, Jason, what was it like for you? Like, when did you realize, hey, this is what God is, this is the direction he's leading me into? Well, I, I was um, graduating high school, going into college. Um, I was at a youth retreat, the same youth retreat I was saved at three years prior. Um, and um, I just remember um, um, going to the altar that uh, Saturday night and really felt God just putting on my heart, like, I'm calling you. I didn't know what to, you know, I didn't know if he was calling me to work in a career field somewhere like, um, business or, you know, doctor. Yeah. I didn't really know, like, you know, what would be a doctor, but you know, I just didn't know. And then, um, this, the guy that was in charge of leading the youth, um, just kind of came up to me and says, Hey, you okay? I said, yeah, I, I kind of told him, I just felt like God's calling me. I don't know what to. And he said, well, I really believe he's calling you to ministry. And I went, there's just no way. Like yeah. that's absolutely not happening because yeah. I had a fear like I didn't speak in front of people and um, long story short you know I surrendered to the call that October yeah. after May so yeah. it was, mm-hmm. um, so your your biggest fear in being called in the ministry is having to talk in front of people absolutely it wasn't yeah. it, there wasn't anything else because we've talked about this from our standpoint like one of my biggest things about ministry was like I had seen pastors and, and I wanted to make money yeah right like I wanted to <laughs> I mean, I've, I've just been hoping about that. Like, hey, there's still hope. We found what was it? The shoes thing I found today. Oh, the, yeah. uh, preacher sneakers. Preacher, preacher sneakers. sneakers. Some of them make them money. On Instagram. Some of them make money. Not, I yeah, I meant Medity, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So so uh, like that that was my fear, and it's, I'm not saying it was a godly fear. I'm just yeah. saying it was a fear. Yeah. Right. Like. Um, and so, like, so much so, I had to pull the bait and switch on my wife. Like, I had to tell her she's marrying a doctor, and then be like, "Just kidding." <laughs> my doctor in ministry. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> Saving people in new ways. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah. Talk me through. Talk me through y'all's y'all's process because I think this is something that, um, for those of us that for the for folks that that weren't that aren't in ministry that haven't experienced that. The process of getting where it is that that God has put you now, uh, sometimes it's not as easy a path or as clear a path as as sometimes we want to think it is. And talk talk me through a little bit. You get called to the ministry, Jordan. You feel like, hey, I'm going to work with high school girls. Uh, how do you get from that point to where you are right now? Oh gosh, um, man, that- I mean, when we started dating, we were pretty much on the same page of we're both called in the student ministry. Yeah. So that was something like once we realized that, you know, we were going to get married and that that was God's plan for our life, then it was it was easy to come together on what our goal was, what our calling was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the getting there, I, there's a lot of resistance for me of following God's will for what he had for us because it didn't look like what I wanted it to look like. Oh, that's good. So so explain that a little bit. Like, um, Jason was offered an internship in Woodstock, Georgia. I fought that very hard because to go there, we had to sell our house. I had to leave a job I'd been at for 10 and a half years. We had to just pick up our lives and completely move on faith. And I'm not good with change. So that was very, like... I fought him very hard for two months and refused to even talk about it mm. Mm. until 
he was like, okay, we've got a deadline. We've got to give them an answer. And God pretty much um, just laid it out for me. He was like, no, you're going. And wow. I was like, oh, okay. All right, we're, we're selling our house. So we did. <laughs> what were some of the struggles, Jason, that you felt along the way? Man, gosh. You know, me, when even before we started dating, it was 18 years old. Um, just me and God had to really go through a process. Um, you know, I... I would feel like, hey, God's taking me somewhere. I want to go here. This is what I want to do. And it would be like, God was like, no. Yeah. So it just felt like there was a lot of bait and switches, but there wasn't. I think God was really teaching me something in that process. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there have been times where I'm like, I just felt like, God, I know you're calling me. Yeah. And all these churches are offering it, but you keep yeah. saying no. Yeah. And it's just mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, and... You know, and then Woodstock came along, and as soon as I um, got the offer, I was like, "Let's do it!" Like I just knew that that's what we're supposed to do. Right. And um, it went back to me and her. You know, I was like, "Jordan, I feel like God's leading this way," and she didn't feel it. And I had to get I had to get that process of yeah. God to work in her heart. Yeah. And um, and when it did, you know, it just worked, and it was that process. But it was the process after Woodstock that it wasn't an easy process after Woodstock. Sure, you know, and sure, there was a. Hey, we we're going to Woodstock, and hopefully this leads to something else. And um, it didn't. When we moved back home, we were searching for over a year almost. Yeah. And and you know, it was just. Well, take. I think you guys are a great story that some would love to hear of, of, of faithfulness and, 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 hey, God, we're being faithful because when we, you know, first started engaging in life with you, you were both faithfully serving in, you know, volunteer positions and, and mentoring, you yeah. know, youth. And, um, and like, when you started dating, you quickly jumped in and started and, and doing that. So there was never a question of you being obedient to um, giving your life to service for the Lord. And so a lot of people, I think, would... Um, would would benefit from your story and the fact that, um, hey, when we feel like we're doing what God's calling us yeah. to do, why is it the next step not so obvious yeah. and so well, easy? And I want to even take a step back, if if you don't mind. I, I don't. I want to go back even farther because I really want to talk about kind of some of the struggle that you experienced before you met Jordan. I mean, you you felt called to the ministry, and and all of a sudden you have a church that offers you a part time youth ministry job. And, I mean, as a young guy, I mean, how old were you when you were offered that job? Oh, gosh. You were 20. 20. years old. That's, 20, I was going to guess around 20. Yeah. Like, here you are, 20 years old, newly called to the ministry. You have some students that now you're going to get a chance to invest in. I mean, you probably felt like a guy wanting to charge the gates of hell with a water pistol. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yet, that was not a great experience for you. Mm-hmm. T- tell me, tell me, not necessarily... Uh, I don't want you to give any names or anything, but like, <laughs> like, why, what, what, what kind of happened in that, and how did you feel? I'm more interested in how you felt about all that experience. You know, I felt more discouraged at the end of it all. Yeah. Like, I guess I just saw the ugly side of ministry, and it really made me question the calling God put in my life. I'm wow. Like, God, why did you call me to something that? Obviously, these people are not seeking you, but yet they want a youth pastor, but they want the youth pastor to babysit, you know, and they don't really want him to minister. They just want him to kind of wrangle the cattle and and then Mm. them oversee me. And so I didn't really feel like I had any leadership. And 
the feeling at the end of it all was was discouragement. It was frustration. Um, but the process that I look back now right. is it was refining. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a refining time, yeah. and you know I, I learned so much from that time. Um, I think you know got some scars from it all too sure. that I had to work through. And but um, yeah, there was a lot of emotions. If you could say something to a, a youth guy that's listening that maybe is in that moment where he's in a church where he feels micromanaged, he feels um, taken advantage of, he feels, you know, he, he feels like he's spinning his wheels, he's, you know, he's just doing his best to stay afloat and, and, and half the days he doesn't feel like he's doing that. What do you, what do you say to the guy that's in that circumstance? Hmm. Well, there's probably a lot of things I would want to say, but um, be faithful in the calling you have. Wow, um, yeah. The church can't take your calling away. Um, mm-hmm. The church can't um, take take the gospel away from you. Um, it may be hard. And if you feel God's called you to that church, be faithful. Um, fight the right battles. But, you know, be faithful to the calling and, yeah. and, and speak truth whenever you get to. Because if, be honest, you know, if, if I'm not reaching students or equipping students to grow in their walk across and my, my ministries, you know, right. And so, no, I think that that's so wise. I, I, I remember a seminary professor that I had that, that talked to us and about what you just said, he said, making sure that we realize that our employer is, is bigger than a deacon board. Our employer mm-hmm. is bigger than a congregation of people that we ultimately work for God mm-hmm. Um, and that may mean sometimes, unfortunately, we have to cut ties with the congregation we're at. It may mean that we have to move on. Um, but we, we're we here to please God, not men. Yeah. And Be faithful to the calling. God gave us that calling. That church didn't give us that calling. Yeah. And, and I just I think of Jeremiah, you know, just, man, he, he had a calling. But, man, his, his audience didn't give him anything. Sure. You right. know, and he just poured out and poured out. And it was just him and God. Right. And, I mean, that's... That's the way I look at it. It's yeah. just him and God sometimes. So now, when we met you, when Jody and I met you guys, um, you were our first intern, right? Were you our first intern? Mm-mm. Second intern no, second. at Hayden that we had. Matt Butts was our first one, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I hope Matt Butts is listening. But um, you, you were an intern. You came on as, as an intern. Our student pastor knew you, and, and you had just left that other church, and you came in, and, and you, you, how long were you with us at Hayden? As an intern or just overall? Well, just give me the whole time because I don't know that your job changed a whole lot. No, I went from intern to volunteer. I know that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, gosh, it's about oh nine. It's paid the same. Yeah. Intern and volunteer paid the same. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just less responsibilities. That's uh, right. I think it was like oh eight or oh nine till sixteen. Okay, left, so you were there. We left. You we were there. Left. Wow. In December. Yeah, so, so, so you were there at Hayden about as long as I was. You stayed a little longer after I was there, uh, five or six years. I was there seven total years. Um, you were there. Tell me tell me what was it like? You, you got to work under a couple different youth pastors. You got to work under an interim youth pastor. Um what Matt was your? Butts. What was your, You worked under Matt Butts as an interim youth pastor. What was your time like in, in Hayden? What 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 did what did you learn there? What did you what did you wish had happened differently there? I tell you, the first thing that always sticks out to me was um, was Jason Durant, um, who was just, the youth pastor. He was a youth pastor um, that invited me to intern. Um, 
he he did exactly what I needed, and that was love and encouragement. Mm-hmm. And he gave it to me. And um, he didn't reaffirm my calling because God reaffirms the calling. But man, he he was gosh, he almost like he he did affirm it. Like he's like, dude, you are called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, don't 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 focus on the negative. Focus on the calling, and that's. Uh, that's what he gave to me, and uh, that's what helped me so much through that process. But I learned at Hayden how to do ministry effectively. Mm. That 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 was my biggest takeaway, and not just behind the pulpit, but in staff meetings or or behind the scenes. You right. Know? The ministry doesn't happen in front of people. Most of the time, it happens behind people. Yeah. And um, or behind the scenes, brother. And um, I just saw how to do that effectively. So when you do that effectively, in turn. It makes it when it happens effective. Yeah, and yeah. the planning, the the staffing, the the volunteers, everything. I learned how to do ministry, right? And, and to be honest, I don't think there's one thing that I was sad I wanted to do differently mm-hmm. because everything I needed was there. Yeah. Was there? That's awesome. You said we, you okay. said you um, you appreciated and respected how he he affirmed and encouraged, and, and I feel like I don't know if you even are aware of this. I see you doing that now with your your juniors yeah, and seniors. No doubt. Like. You're paying it forward, and so um, do you feel? Do you realize that that you're doing that? What Jason did for you, you're now doing it for others. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I don't. I never. I never saw me doing it to my seniors, but I think any time I come in contact with somebody, you know, I'm the world's worst. Like I'm a negative Nancy, or you know, wah, wah. I'm, <laughs> I mean, really, I'm a pessimist. But yeah. my, you're sitting but, next to another one. But yeah. my. But I feel like that was one of the things you learned in your internship. And, hey, <laughs> <laughs> to be effective, your, um, but uh, but no, it's paying it forward. Yeah, <laughs> but I just uh, I really, I, if you know, if God does nothing through me in my life, I want to encourage people. <laughs> that's that's what I want to do. You know, I really want to encourage people with the gospel. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so. well, you said something. I think one of the things that we struggle to teach young folks when they come into ministry. Uh, you know, I, I think of uh, some of the other interns we had come through when we were there and even here. Like, there are things that we do in the ministry every day so that we get to do the things that we love. Yeah. And those are the things that go unnoticed. I, I joke all the time that moving chairs should be a, a class in seminary mm-hmm. <laughs> because you do a lot of it, right? Yeah. You move tables, you move chairs, room setups. Um, things that other people, you know, do naturally that we have to figure out how to do, like graphic design, marketing. Um, uh, those are the types of things. But you know, things like budget requests and expense reports. Like, um, and I can remember, I can remember sometimes with our interns. Uh, I don't remember this with you in particular, but sometimes with our interns, we make them fill out expense reports, and they're just like, "Good grief! Can I just get up and teach the gospel?" Well. Yes, yeah. but you do the you do the expense reports so that you get to do that. Absolutely, uh, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, so all of that's kind of a part of it. That's that's kind of that's kind yeah. of incredible. Yeah. Um, Jordan, how have you watched your you guys' uh, ministry progress as you have um, moved from working with small group to from there to Woodstock? Like even talk about that. Like you, I watched you transform tremendously from. Yeah. Just a mentor to Woodstock, because you, you were fed at Woodstock mm-hmm. as well, yeah. not just... We, um, first of all, the thing I learned the most during our time in Hayden before we moved to Woodstock was I had never been involved in a church that did small groups. So I had never seen the importance of that close-knit community 
in a smaller setting and even leading a small group and then when we were involved with small groups both the women's group and the men's group and then when we did it as a couple together um but um when we left to go to Woodstock I was a little burnt out on ministry mm-hmm. um the 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 last year of being a small group leader in Hayden kind of it just wore me out for some reason and I just when we moved to Woodstock I told Jason I said I'm I'm going to be present. I'm going to let people know that I'm your wife and that I'm there if they need me, but I'm not going to serve. This is this is for you. And very quickly I realized that God had both of us there mm-hmm. um, to work on both of us there. And Jason volunteered me to be a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> um, and I got grouped with uh, someone who on the outside, we are polar opposites. Um um, but uh, Dawn and I, we even being polar opposites, she's very outgoing. I'm very introverted until I get to know people. Um, Dawn doesn't meet a stranger. Um, <laughs> but we worked so well for the year that I got to serve with her, the school year I got to serve with her um, was incredible because I learned even more from her mm-hmm. the ways that she connects with her students mm-hmm. and prays for her students and does things for her students like even in the four years that I'd been a small group leader at Hayden I had not Mm -hmm. been able to connect on the level that she connected with students so I learned a lot from her in that too um and then just our group of friends like I was telling you yesterday like the the friends y'all talk about that y'all made when y'all are in seminary we have a group of friends similar to that that we're actually Mm -hmm. going to a conference with in a few days so um I think that helped us grow tremendously, not just individually, mm-hmm. but together as a couple in ministry. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, I do want to talk about this, and I, I want to hear, we've, we've unfortunately, we've told your side of the story to so many other people. <laughs> um, but we do, let, we do let our, one of the things we did at Hayden is we let those folks, that, those training people, those interns, like we let them have opportunities to, to share and to speak um, we want to we want to give them training in every bit of the way, and so when we came to you and we're like, Jaybreak, we want you we want you to, to to speak on a Sunday night. Walk me through that entire process because I, I I've told my side of the story. I, I want to give you an opportunity to tell yours. This is before we started um, dating. You weren't dating him at this point. No, time? I wasn't no, dating him. So it's a Sunday night, y'all. For those who don't know, it's a Sunday night. Jason Jason was going to preach. Sunday night at Hayden was awesome because it's a great opportunity for, for people that have never really preached to adults before. It was a smaller group, and most of them were older, and most of them loved young pastors. Like, loved these young... These guys that, like, please let them come and preach. Because when you <laughs> preach for the first time, you, all of us, all of us, we don't know what we're doing. And we screw it up a lot of different ways. And so, you're going to preach, you pick your Bible verse, and you sit down with me. And I, I try mm-hmm. to, like, we, we kind of walk through... The, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I'm, I do. Uh, well, he's pulling out his phone. Hang on, I'm going to look up the verses. I, I remember the first verse was Romans 8 1, but I can't remember how far we went. But it might have been, we went to five, to I, the first I, five. I, I don't know. I think it was that. And, um, well, I mean, I, I'll start, but this wasn't my first time to preach. Yeah. Like, you know, I had done it, you know, at the previous yeah. church I was at, and um, I did, you know, did it every Wednesday night, and sometimes I did it on Sundays. He was nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs, and I was wondering <laughs> why. Like, why were you so nervous? If you preached before, yeah. what made you so nervous? I, I think it was just uh, a new crowd. 
a new audience. Yeah. Um, and I was still fairly young. You, know? you were. No, you were. You know, I was still I was fairly new at preaching, and um, I think when me and you went to uh, Sanford to the library, and yeah. um, we went to uh, do all that, it got me nervous because I'm like, oh, there's more to preaching than just writing good stuff on your notes. Like, I realized then, like. There's more to it. Like you had to really. I knew you always had to never just take a passage and just preach it. You really needed to study it, dissect it, yeah, and really get the context behind it. But I never knew to that extent of what happened, and I, it scared me. Probably that's what. Yeah. That's why I was so nervous. I'm like, I got all this content, all this context rolling around in your brain, and I'm just like, how am I going to preach this? Yeah, like you know and. You know, and when I get nervous, I, I try to crack a joke or I try to do stuff. Um, that, you, you and, and, I, and, I, and I absolutely <laughs> drop give the you ball. A hard time. No. It, it is okay. You know, it's okay. Um, I guess I, I tell jokes to my students all the time. They don't laugh at me, so I'm used well, to it by now. Let, yeah, so <laughs> let, me, let, let, me, let, me, let me say this. So we go to Sanford, and what I, I've done this with every intern. Like, I basically, like, like by the time you left, mm-hmm. you could have taken the notes from the dry erase board in mm-hmm. our meeting. And preached it. Like, you could have walked out and preached it. Try to. <laughs> and so, you're, you're a youth pastor. You're a direct report to the youth pastor, yeah. who's a direct report to me. We're sitting on the front row. Mm-hmm. And, and you get up to preach. And you start preaching. And it is... And it's, it's like we had never written anything on a dry erase board. Oh, I like know. It was, it was and, and I remember going, okay, well, and it was fine. <laughs> Everything you did was fine. I even prepared, like... I got to uh, the church that afternoon two hours ahead of time and, and practiced Aww. in a Sunday school room I, two two to three times. Uh, and I went through my notes and everything. So And, and, and I'm going to say this so everybody, <laughs> Jason, I'm going to hate to say this so everybody can hear it. It was not, what you did was not bad. And I know that we, we joke about, you, you made one joke that was terrible. <laughs> but other than that joke... Other, other than that, what you said, there was nothing wrong. And I remember we did a debrief. There, aside from that, there were yeah. just like there were like a handful of notes that we that Jason and I had to give you. And, and well, Jordan, it, it, and listen, there was two bad jokes actually. I heard some of the bad jokes whenever the Jason preaching prior to going to Woodstock. I've heard some of the bad yeah. jokes. It was fine. It, it, we give you two. We get, I, and I said this to your first kids. off. It wasn't inappropriate jokes. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Let's get that out. It wasn't inappropriate. <laughs> and, 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 and we, so I, I, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of gave an opportunity. I, I mentioned to your students. I, I appreciate D now for you. I did a D now for you. And I, I said to a couple of your students, you need to have Jason tell you about this this time that he preached at Hayden. And and you made me tell them the story. And and I wanted them to know, in all seriousness, yeah. it's not near as bad as we make it. Like it's one of those things. You had like, to be there. It wasn't near as bad, <laughs> nor near as funny, um, but we were there anyway. So, so that was that was one of those. My, I've, I can't tell you the number of times, and every pastor does it. So, no, I've done it as well. Yeah. Like where you say something dumb. I mean, I, I, there are stories floating around about me that involve Play-Doh <laughs> and all kinds of other stuff. So, um, I oh, use a certain. Were you not there for that? Good lord. Okay, then I'll, I'll tell you an embarrassing story from my, about myself real quick, okay. and then we'll move on because I want to ask you guys some <laughs> really important so questions. This is so good. You so, deserve him to tell Jason, the story. Jason, yes, yes, this story deserves to be told. So um, I was, uh, Durant knows all about this. So Jason Durant, who was the youth pastor there for, he was there for five years of my seven. Because um, Chris, Chris had you for seven months. Chris had me for seven months. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
So the importance of thinking through all of your sermon illustrations is so important. Yes. And I and I and I pride myself on that. Like especially when they're tactile. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so we're talking about creation. God and and God creates out of nothing. <laughs> we create out of something. And so I was trying to contrast that. Like when we make something, we have a we have materials that we use. God makes out of nothing. And so to illustrate that, what I was going to do is I was going to take some Play-Doh and I was going to make something out of out of Play-Doh. Again, I hadn't thought anything about it. I hadn't thought about what I was going to make out of Play-Doh or anything like that. And I, I've got the Play-Doh sitting on my table, and I'm preaching. And and when you preach long enough, I, I think you're probably at this point, when you speak in front of people long enough, you can keep going in your talk, and your brain can go somewhere else. Yes. And so I'm continuing moving forward in my talk, and I go to my – in my brain, this happens. I go, huh, I haven't thought about what I'm going to make with the Play-Doh. And that's coming up, right? That's coming up. And so I'm rattling through real quick in my brain. Now I'm still preaching. Like I'm still and I'm yeah. rattling through my brain. What can I make out of the Play-Doh? And I immediately go, make a snake. Oh, I can make God. I can, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was like, make a snake. This is, gonna be, this is easy. So okay. Durant and I are on the front row yeah. now, across no, the aisle from yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. oh, so this wasn't like the first time preaching ever. No, I had been there a while. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. This, no, no. And so, so this, listen, it still would have been okay <laughs> if I'd have pulled a little piece of the Play-Doh off and made a snake and held it up. Nope. I nope. didn't. I used the entire wad of Play-Doh. <laughs> and I make... Mount a six-inch snake. I, what, what can only be described as a giant phallus <laughs> is what I made. And, and, I, no, no, and Durant and I both are going, stop. No, yeah, Jody's on the front shaking her head. <laughs> and I hold it up in the air. Like, I hold it up in the air. And wiggle it. <laughs> I do. And, I, and, I'm, and so, I'm, I'm not, and again, I'm not thinking anything about it. I'm holding up the snake. I can snake. see Jason out of the corner. I'm going. Dur- and, and Jason Durant. Okay. So, we have two services at Hayden, stop. right? So, I, I put the Play-Doh back in the jar and we move on. Everything's he fine. He never... Contact makes eye contact. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. My student pastor Jason Durant met me at the bottom of the stairs. And I like I said Amen and I walked off the stairs and he met me and went, make a snowman. Make make something else. Like he was like, do whatever you had to do. Do not do that again. uh, So that's my that's no everybody does it. Good. So you feel better now? Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, the the point is, a young preacher, if, if if you're even if you do this regularly, if you speak publicly long enough, you're going to say something dumb. You're going to say something silly. Churches now, have some grace. Yeah. Too. Now I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. Now I, I don't know who all caught that. It, 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 you're probably more people than I want to give credit to. But so so I tell this story to the search team when I come to Crosswind. I tell this tell the story to the search team. And so they are laughing, you know, just like we were laughing, no big deal. And about two years into me being here at, at Crosswind, my buddy Kelly says, uh, "You're going, you're going duck hunt. We're going to go duck hunting because Jeremy Camp, the mm-hmm. Christian music artist, is going to come duck hunting with us. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to duck hunt with Jeremy Camp." I was like, "That's awesome." We're sitting in a duck blind. It is raining, like it's pouring down rain. There's not a duck flying. 
anywhere near us, and we're just sitting around shooting the breeze. And my boy, my friend Kelly Powers, goes, "Hey, Jeremy, why don't you tell Caleb about that time you made a, made a you know, a, a snake with Play-Doh in church?" I was like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." Let me tell one of my most embarrassing preaching moments to Jeremy Camp. That sounds like a great idea. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, all right, there you go. So, uh, back to y'all's story. Um, and 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 as you kind of move through, you you guys get the opportunity to go to Woodstock. Such a growing experience over there with Johnny Hunt and and people over at First Woodstock. And I really want to talk about the time because I can remember chatting with you on the phone as this was, your internship was wrapping up. Mm-hmm. The months are counting down. If I'm not mistaken, Jordan, you were pregnant. We found out I was pregnant like the his last week as an intern. Yeah. We stayed there for two months after that. But yeah. Thing, things are wrapping up, and and there's no job. Yeah, there, there, there's there, lots of interviews. <laughs> with lots of interviews, but we don't know. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're going to do. Walk me through the emotion, the struggle, the frustration, all of that. Man, I, I, the one that you know, you you would think that hey, you know, I've got this experience. I got an education. You know. You know, not saying that as soon as I send my resume a church is gonna jump out and say, We want you, we know I knew there's a process. But I think the the process of being let you know, being told no, you're not the guy. Those emotions that I had when I first came to Hayden started coming back of, Man, am I really called? Am I really mm. am I really supposed to be doing this? You know, is this God saying you're not supposed to do it, move on to something else? We we moved from Woodstock, and um, I don't have a job. I've interviewed. I've interviewed, and so did you officially tell South Carolina no? No, they told me no. Okay, um, so God closed that door. Yeah, God closed that door. But I interviewed at churches in South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Tennessee Arkansas, Arkansas. Uh, one was in Mississippi, um, and, I, and I told God, God, we'll go anywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. God, I'll go anywhere. Like, yeah. uh, like. We we believe in the calling. I'm going. I want to go. Just send yeah. me. And um, but I had my family back home. She had her family back home. So we really didn't know what was going to happen. And now we're about to have our first child. And so those emotions are playing into it. Like you know, we really want our families to be around him. But we had to be faithful to the calling. You know, yeah. God provide those needs. And um, but you know, we moved back. Um, we didn't know what was next. So we just said, hey, you know, God has us back in Alabama. Let's let's plant and grow here, you know. And if he moves us, he moves us. But, you know, this is where we are regardless of what we feel. We are back. And um, she got a job with the local college. And um, I got a job with the Blount County School System. And um, so I just remained faithful in that. Um, We never missed a paycheck either. Yeah. Like, Um, God, like, even though we weren't. Like I said earlier, it didn't look like what we wanted it to look like. God was faithful through all of it. Yeah. Like, we never went without a paycheck. Um, I never went without insurance, mm-hmm. being pregnant. Um, like, yeah. That's awesome. And yeah. um, we, so I kind of said, all right, God, no, this is where you have me. I want to do ministry where I'm at. So yeah. I got to work with special needs kids um, mm-hmm. for a year. I did ministry doing that. I helped coach. Coach football, coach baseball. I, start, I went back to Hayden and started serving as a small yeah. group leader again. So, you know, even though it wasn't a church title, I was still doing ministry. Yeah. And um, that's that's just remaining faithful. So Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'm sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. 
From my perspective, during the whole him not being able to find a job, I was doing a a small group with one of the other interns' wives and um, one of our students' mothers whose husband was a a pastor and they were church planners. And she she had told me in private because we watched the other interns who were much younger than us and didn't really have as much experience or even education as— as Jason had or as we had in, in serving, get incredible jobs. And that's not they're incredible leaders and they're leading incredible ministries right now. No. But she she took me aside, man, she and I met one one day for, for dinner and she said, You can you have to be careful because Satan will want to tell you to be jealous of them, mm-hmm. to be envious of them, because what you want to happen in your ministry is happening for them and it's not happening for you. And you guys have been working at it longer. She said, you can't allow that to happen. And so looking at it afterwards, I can see very easily how Satan could have Mm -hmm. made that because we we both tend to get discouraged and down on ourselves quickly, him more so than me. But um, had had Debbie not taken me aside and told me, hey, be careful because this is what Satan's going to throw at you, Mm -hmm. it would have been very easy for me to become jealous of our dear friends who— I don't. I, I would say that there's no way I ever could be. But had she not warned me, I think it would have been very easy in yeah. our discouragement to let Satan plant mm-hmm. that seed of mm-hmm. jealousy or resentment against them for no reason. Mm-hmm. So, like I decided once she said that to me, like it doesn't matter if we ever get to church. I'm going to be their biggest cheerleader and pray for them mm-hmm. and pray that they have successful ministries because they're doing incredible. Yeah, they are having successful. And they they are, and they're 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 incredible. That's awesome. Ministry. Yeah. So you took over full time student pastor at Bethel, mm-hmm. and uh, when did you when did you take over that position? The Monday after school let out. So I think we let out Thursday, and I had off Friday. Saturday. That was well, your, of, your first official Sunday as student pastor was, was Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday last, last year. year. Yeah. So uh, about we're we're coming. April, we're a year April ago 1st. now. April yeah, April first. Yeah. yeah. And so. Um, as you moved into that role, like you had, you had had. I mean, at, at Woodstock, you were there all week. I mean, you had office hours and that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But now, all of a sudden, you've got a ministry. It's mm-hmm. totally yours. Yeah, totally your budget. You get to make a lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. Every decision that has to come with student ministry yeah. that has to go with that. Um, what was your and Jordan? I'd love to hear from you as well. What was your expectation? As to what was that, what that would be like versus what reality kind of looks like. My expectation was that I would get to be involved more, but we don't really live close to church right now, so I'm not able to be as involved as I would like to be. Mm-hmm. But that's a prayer we're praying is that doors will open where we can move closer and I can be more involved. But um, but from watching him, like the past. The year before he he got the job at Bethel, like from the, a pastor's wife standpoint, um, one of the most difficult things to the pastor's wife is to encourage your discouraged pastor mm. husband because yes. we're supposed to like it's just the way he took the things I was saying was well you're my wife you're just supposed to say those things it wasn't mm-hmm. yep um, it was like speaking to a brick wall like. It didn't sink in what I was saying and encouraging. And it's funny because before we moved to Woodstock, that was him to me, like just mm-hmm. being encouraging and speaking truth. And mm-hmm. so 
the roles were turned whenever the doors weren't opening that we were praying to open, it was hard to keep encouraging him right. and staying optimistic and not get discouraged myself and seeing mm-hmm. him become discouraged. So one of the things that I love about the church we're at now is everybody's got his back. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's got his back. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so encouraging and so loving and mm-hmm. just willing to help him do whatever he needs mm-hmm. them to do. So we could not have asked for a better church than, than where we're at. That's yeah. beautiful. That's awesome. I think you talking about encouraging your husband. <laughs> um, I mean, it's an area that we've talked about in the podcast. We've been married for 18 years mm-hmm. and so we've talked about it for 18 years um you know one of the things that that i've struggled with and i think that it's it's just a reality i, I i'm just going to be real is um jody gets fed by so many different people and i'm so thankful for that mm-hmm. right be that in a podcast or a book or um, a conference that she goes to where these these people, men and women, are speaking into her life. And for me, there, there was a, a different... I wish I could tell you I had this licked. There was a difference in the way that she would communicate to me uh, to try to encourage me and the way that she would... And I'm going to use hyperbole here. Gush about the people that she was hearing in other places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and so, I, I would like, you know, you know, I would come home on Sunday morning, and she'd give me a kiss and go, "Hey, you did good today," you know, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay." And then, and then I get to hear her go, "Oh my gosh, I was listening to this podcast by this person, and I learned so much, and I'm such a better Christian, and I think now I'm actually going to like follow Jesus better because of what they spoke into my life," and I'm like. And in some cases, like, I've been like, I, I said the exact same thing, like, a month ago. Like, did that not... You laid the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, right. But, but, and that's not, and that's stuff that Jason and I have to work through. That's something that we as pastors have yeah. to work through. And I'm not a super encouraging person either, so... Yeah. Well, that's not my gift of love language. Words of affirmation are not mine, so. No, I am, extremely sarcastic. Yeah. And, um... Usually, kind of mean. That's that's our love language. Is like we we're kind sarcasm of, and mean. And Jason yeah. is giving us a very sarcastic look right now. Like, like, that's not how he feels. Of, love. Not <laughs> if we have a disagreement, it's because one of us is smarted off about something, yeah. and the other one is just taking it the yeah. wrong way. When it like yeah. we didn't mean because it. her facial expressions don't change from sarcasm to seriousness. Like yeah. they're because, both the same face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think I think as pastors' wives, what what you all have to realize, and 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 maybe us saying this out loud will help another pastor's wife. That's why I'm going to say it out loud. Is that when you do what we do, uh, any pastor, any speaker, it doesn't matter whether you're it's y'all that are speaking or whatever. Like when you stand up and you you speak, you give a piece of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and and you are speaking, hopefully, the truth of God's Word through your personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that takes a lot of guts, and it takes a lot of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And um, when we feel like it shows, when, it, when we feel like it, 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 it comes back empty, 
it can be so discouraging at times. But again, it's not the people. It's not our wives that have called us. It's God. Um, and, and we just have to kind of recognize that, I think, sometimes. Oh, absolutely. You guys do have a beautiful ministry. I'm just we, oh, we were so thankful to come and be a part of it for a few days, and oh, yeah. we just truly saw a, a, a familial love within not just your youth, but in the whole church. It's just beautiful. I'm it so is. thankful, and we, the way and and I'm going to shout out to your church. They they it we as outsiders watch them love you oh. and that thank you because that's so oh. big and and it's it was visible the way mm-hmm. they loved you guys and. And sometimes, um, sometimes it's not. It's not yeah. visible, and, and we saw that. And so, and we've um, been in situations where um, <laughs> it's not. But um, sorry, I got choked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, we definitely feel the love that they give to us. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and just as a guy, I mean, Jason, we've known each other for a while now, and probably for you know. 75% of your ministry career I've known you mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> to get to go to uh, to your church and to be a part of uh, a D-Now weekend that you organized ran uh, orchestrated the budget did all of the legwork you know and I know you had volunteers that mm-hmm. helped you I'm not in any oh, way yeah. trying Absolutely. to trying to minimize their role but um, to get to see you do that and to see you kind of um, put into practice um, those things on your own and 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 I can't even really describe it. it it's like a, it's 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 a, you know watching you for for you know the six years or so or seven years that we saw you kind of getting your legs in ministry to watch you walking. And thriving, it was uh, it was humbling to recognize that um, that man on on some small level. I get to say I knew you when uh, you made bad jokes about fudge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, no, it's right, no, it's uh, And I was, su- yeah. I couldn't have been prouder for both of you guys, and prouder of both of you guys. Serious business, man, like. Kudos, and I cannot wait to hear all that God is going to continue to do yes. in y'all's lives and and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah we're yes. excited. Thanks. Excited. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks. thanks for having us. Thanks. This was very fun. <laughs> yeah, I really do like y'all's podcast. It to me when I listen to it, I feel like I'm on y'all's couch. No, I feel like all those those. Five or so years that we spent, like every Sunday night on your couch until yeah. What time is it? Twelve forty-six. Right now it is twelve forty-six <laughs> p.m. Yeah. And I have to get up and preach twice in the morning. You're gonna be fine. Yeah. <laughs> we have to, we have to the job. foundation. You know, you're talking about encouragement. You know, talking about how you encourage your pastor, your husband. Yeah. There it is. There's a little glimpse of it. Okay, Breakfield. So, at the end of every podcast, we ask these questions. We ask who is who is remarkable and what is remarkable. And so, we'll start with Jason and then go to Jordan. Tell me, uh, J- Jason, what is remarkable to you right now? Oh man, um, really and truly, the material Life Church puts out for for yeah. for ministries. Uh, to use those graphics, use those bumper videos. 
use those promo videos, um, just all that stuff being available to sm- uh, small church pastors. Yeah. It, it is, that's, that's remarkable. Absolutely. And so that. if people wanted to get that, where do they go to get that? that? Open.life.church. Uh, it's Life Church Resources, but I can't remember the Open.life.church is correct. It yeah. used to be open.lifechurch.tv, and then they yeah. rebranded. Open.life.church. It's Craig Grishel's church out of yeah. Oklahoma. They give away graphics and bumpers and they outlines. Up, they team up with other churches. I know That's North right. Point's a part of it. North Point does some stuff. Elevation Church does some mm-hmm. stuff through them. Uh, Fresh Life. They're remarkable. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I agree with that completely. Who is remarkable to you, Jason? Well, let her do the what. Okay, what, what's what's remarkable, Jordan? Um, to me, we were talking about it last night. One of my favorite things when we lived in Georgia was I got to go to the Grove at Passion City. Yes. And I just think the Grove is remarkable, and I love yeah. that they have a podcast now. Because I get to feel like I'm, like, that's one of the things I miss most about Georgia is once a month, piling a van full of ladies and heading to the Grove. Awesome. Yeah. Jody, what's remarkable to you? Besides food. Um, uh, I do. I always say a food, so I try not to say a food today. Um, What is remarkable (laughs) to me would be my IF app. Um, I use that um, frequently. The IF Gathering doesn't. It has an app, and they you can do your devotions through their different studies. And I use that, and that's currently I'm doing a study in Proverbs. Okay. Well, I'll do a food. Okay. <laughs> My what is remarkable yes. is a new restaurant that's opened up here in Union City. Oh dear. Called Wing King. Wing King. Oh my goodness gracious! What was the initials behind it? F Y M. That's it. Wing King F Y M. I don't know what F Y M means. I don't care. For I your can mouth. Come, for, for your, your mouth. mouth. There for you your go. mouth is what we're saying. Yeah. Y'all, I got, I got, I went, I went on Friday for lunch and got some honey gold wings. Amazing service, amazing people, amazing food. There you Check go. Out. Shout out to Wing King. All right. Uh, so, Jason, you got a who is remarkable? We have one together. Oh, you do? The Brakefields combined have a who. Yeah. Who is uh, remarkable? You guys. Oh, no. Uh, oh, my gosh. No. It's no. our podcast. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this, this is not a sucker. This is. This You're is, already on the podcast. No, no, no. No, this is um, when you asked us uh, to be a part of this, um, I just knew, like, y'all are what's remarkable to us because mm-hmm. y'all have. Gosh, y'all's investment in us. Uh, the times when I was lazy and didn't want to do ministry, you was always there to encourage me. Um, you was always there to push me, to uh, make me better. Um, and then seeing you, how you loved your husband. Um, I'm pointing at Jody. And, um, <laughs> uh, um, but um, watching, watching, watching you love your husband um, and, and encourage him through some dark times, um, it, that just stood out to me. And then the foundation y'all laid for how I know y'all are not perfect at it, but how to do ministry with mm-hmm. excellence through marriage. Um, that has been that that has been just what we just love seeing the most. Mm-hmm. So. Well, thank you. That's very humbling. Yeah, well, absolutely. Kind. I'm honored. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure I can do it better. But thank you very <laughs> no much. No doubt. You're very good. <laughs> You certainly could do it better. I'm kidding. No, we, we both could do it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's injured. He's injured. That's right. That's right. That's my second yeah. better comment. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, wow. Uh, we still have to do our who's. Jody, who's your who? Is Emily P. Freeman is my who. Um, she is an author, and she just re- uh, wrote or released a book called The Next Right Thing, and I need to read it um, because it's talking about how we our decision making process and how we get kind of overwhelmed with 
um, which decision is right. And I've been wrestling with that a lot lately in my own life. Um, and she's talking about how you're just walking with the Lord and getting that peace of knowing He's with you and just do the next right thing. Don't worry about six months down the road or even the month next down the right road. thing. The next right thing. Well, we'll end with my who is remarkable. And to give to tell you who, I have to give you a little bit of context tonight. The reason we're recording so late tonight was our the eighth grade dance. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter. So, That's remarkable how old she is now. Like, Emma, Emma had her eighth grade dance, know, and, y'all. and uh, y'all parents put it together, and it was an ordeal. It was three hours, which was about an hour and a half too long, if you ask me. It was fabulous. You were eighth grade one time. I was, and it was Your my dance. eighth grade dance. My eighth grade dance, I went with a girl. Who was two feet taller than you. She was much taller than me. Did you have a cologne you wore that time? Do you remember? That? I don't even remember if I was a cologne. Was it Drakkar? Y'all remember Drakkar? I did not wear Drakkar. I did not wear Brute. I don't know what a karate. No. <laughs> <laughs> so who, my who is remarkable would be my wife, and the reason that she's remarkable is not because of her oh, planning. Double, double shout out. Is not double shout out today. It's not because of her planning of the event. No, that's not why she's remarkable. Oh, no. It's not because of her scheduling skills. No, that's not why she's no, remarkable. No, he hates that. The reason she's remarkable is because my chick can dance. <laughs> like She took my, my tiny human out there on the dance she, floor because his mama refused to. She may have been, and I, this is no lie, she may have been more excited about the 8th grade dance than any 8th grader that was there. <laughs> it was fun! What can I say? We danced to Baby Got Back, yo! They played, they played Baby Got Back, and my wife, the pastor's wife, <laughs> no a little in the middle, but you got much better. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I was proud to say she still had some moves, and I may or may not have some video of it. Oh, dear. That, that's coming later. Blackmail. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just going to hang on to it. We'll see. Uh, but that's it. Y'all, thanks so much for joining us. If you're listening to the podcast for the first time or for the fifth time or the tenth time, so tenth episode, please be sure to share it. Uh, go down and subscribe to our podcast. Hit like and give it all kinds of stars. I thought that I could stand for you to give us less than five stars. However, I cannot. Um, uh, I can handle four. We got a two-star review on iTunes, and it ruined my day. Um, yeah. And I, like, I wanted to find out who it was and call and be like, "What did you not like?" But it's okay. It's probably Durant. Um, yeah, it's probably Jason Durant. That's <laughs> right. That. This, We've talked this about him a lot. This is the same human that lays just his head in a tan bed. So <laughs> not me. I don't do that. Jason Durant does that. He did that. Yes. Yes. Uh, We should have like an entire Durant based episode. We need to have him on. We will. We'll have him on. Okay. If you want to find us, you can find us. uh, You can email us. I'm Jeremy at crosswindchurch.net. JGAP20 at gmail.com. That's right. You can um, find us on Facebook. I am Jeremy.Powell.1800. I'm Jody.Powell.5. But Instagram is the best place. I'm Powell Jeremy. And I just changed mine to Chasing the Wild Goose 20. That's another story, by the way. Like, Mm, I got an email the other day or te- a text message this, today from Matt Cross and our worship pastor going I was wondering who chasing the wild goose was and why they have so many pictures of your family <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys we'll see y'all next time <laughs>